Dancers have a lot to balance. From their pirouettes to their jumps, a dancer's performance is a direct result of hard work and motivation. So where does food fit into this? There's a lot of myths and a ton of antiquated ideals about what a dancer's diet should look like. And I'm here to dispel those. I'm Rachel Fine, registered dietitian nutritionist and founder of To The Point Nutrition. I'm the dance nutritionist and I'm here to tell you that to be a successful dancer, you don't have to diet. Instead, I'll teach you how to use food as your best tool to enhance your performance. A nourishing meal plan not only fuels your dancing, but also enhances your strength, improves your balance, supports your flexibility, and most importantly, reduces your risk to injury. Hi. Hi, how are you? Good, it's so nice to speak to you again. I know, I'm super, I'm super, super excited. I can't wait for this conversation. It's gonna be so good, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, and I was just telling everyone, it's gonna be so informative because I feel like so many dancers right now are headed back to the studio prepping for the potential of a summer intensive, which is already can be very injury provoking as it is. And we could talk about that. But I feel like this conversation right now post COVID is just so needed. Yes. It, and, and that's why I'm excited to talk with you because there's so much to share that has been happening in the dance world. There is so much um, things that I think is really important for people to understand about how you can be ready for the stage, how you can be ready for your summer intensives, your auditions, your rehearsals. There's so much to talk about, so I'm excited. Exactly. Just to give a brief introduction, this is Dr. Danelle Dixon, and um, we're going to talk all about injury recovery, injury prevention, and doing so post-COVID, or as we kind of enter this post-pandemic period. So, Danelle, why don't you tell us about your background as a dancer and how it led you to a physical therapist? Um, sure. So, hi, everyone. This is so exciting. My name is Dr. Danelle Dixon, as Rachel has said. Um, I am a physical therapist. I specialize in orthopedic sports and performing arts, so I see many, many dancers. Um, and my dance experience basically led me to be a physical therapist. Um, uh, if you hear a bit of an accent, originally from Trinidad and Tobago. So mm -hmm. when I migrated to the U.S. and I was in college, I got a scholarship to Albany the American Dance Theater. And I was dancing in summer. We're doing nine hours a day. You all know how summer intensives go. You're pushing, you're pushing, you're punching, you're punching. And I got injured. And it happened at a really critical time in my life because my grandmother had just passed um, back home in my native Trinidad and Tobago and I couldn't go home for the funeral. So all of a sudden, all of this hard work that I had been doing um, suddenly became that much more important. So when I got this injury, I had this real panic moment of like, ah, what am I gonna, like, I cannot not dance. Like losing that time was just not an option. So with that in mind, I looked out and looked around, found a physical therapist, and she magically made me better. And that is when I knew instantly that that was what I wanted to do. Because I knew the anxiety that I felt, the fear that I felt, the frustration of like, I can't let all of this work go to waste. Um, and for someone to help me through that really critical period was just something that was amazing to me. And I immediately knew that that's what I wanted to do. Um, a little bit in terms of my dance background. Again, I grew up in Trinidad and Tobago. So we did the RAD, which is a British 
um, system in terms of ballet, Royal Academy of Dancing. So I grew up doing that for many, many years. When I came to the U.S., I did a little bit more of modern, contemporary, Horton, um, Graham. I'm a Graham girl all day, every day. Um, <laughs> so really kind of got into um, performance that way. Um, did a little bit of, um, I would say, um, professional, but not full-time professional, but part-time professional dancing when I was out of college and then went back in for physical therapy school, danced on the side. Um, so I can't, I don't say I claim dance anymore as actively as I used to, but definitely have been in a dance world for many, many years. So understand all of the things that happen up here, you know, so that that's my kind of entry into the dance world and into physical therapy. Yeah, such a great fusion of two things similar to just my track of being a dancer and getting into nutrition, like really mm -hmm. being able to find this thing that you realize helped so much when you were at turning point in your dance career. Mm -hmm. um, and then seeing like how you can now take that and help so many dancers who, like you said, exactly feel like I can't lose everything I worked so hard for. And that's the fear of when a dancer does get injured. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's something that's real. And unfortunately, it's something that we don't talk about enough in the dance world. Mm -hmm. And it, it has completely fueled my passion for physical therapy. One of my hugest and my biggest passions is injury prevention. Um, I knew what it felt like to be there. And I don't want anybody to have to go through what I did. So I, I feel very strongly about lots of education and giving dancers the tools and enabling them in a team environment to make sure that they have all of the tools for success. Absolutely. Danelle, what are some of the more common injuries that you do see among dancers? Uh, well, the dancers you um, that I usually see, most of the injuries happen at the foot and ankle. So you'll get the Achilles, um, tendonitis, the perineal tendonitis, um, ankle sprains are also very common. A lot of stuff happened at the foot and ankle, specifically for the classical ballet dancers that are doing points work. Um, but knee injuries in my, in, in my area in Washington, D.C., I'm located in Washington, D.C., um, guys. I've been seeing a an, an pretty interesting rash of a lot of hip injuries that are leading into back injuries. That's a whole other conversation to have. But um, definitely the biggest, the biggest um, clump of injuries for dancers usually happen at the foot and ankle. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I obviously, I assume it depends on the injury, but can you talk to us about an optimal injury recovery plan and what that would maybe look like? I'm assuming it depends on the injury. So if you want to break it down in that sense, but maybe walk us through something. Absolutely. So I will, I will preface my, my, um, my tips on this with saying one of the things that dancers are habitually terrible at is recognizing when they're injured, which is something that I'm passionate about. So we've been taught for in the dance world very much no pain, no gain, show must go on. You have to punch through. If you feel pain, keep going, that's great. And the thing that is not taught to us is the quality of pain. What is the difference between good pain and what is bad pain? So 95% of dancers that I treat have no idea what that is, which means the body's basic ability to determine if you are injured is now gone. That's the one warning thing that your body has before it says, time out, we're done, okay? Mm -hmm. And a lot of dancers are taught to ignore that because they think there's just one type of pain, good pain, and that's it. But there's also bad pain. And if you're able to recognize what that is, 
um, then you can really have a strong ability to prevent that injury. So we talk a lot about injury prevention. Let's make sure that it doesn't come, we can take care of it before it even gets here. But if you don't recognize that you have an injury, then there's nothing to prevent. So injury recognition is also equally as important as the injury prevention standpoint. So fast forward, let's assume you do know the difference between good and bad pain. That's a whole other conversation. What are the great things that you can do now to make sure that you have an optimal recovery? I would say the first thing that you really want to do is get professional advice. If you've had an injury, if you know that this is an injury, you're not able to participate in class. You are not able to um, turn or jump or leap the same way that you used to, and you are having consistent pain, you want to get professional advice. The utility of this is to make sure that you don't have something serious that you needs to be addressed on a professional level that is going to stop you from dancing in the future. Guys, my entire job is to keep you dancing forever. Forever. Which means I need a head start and you need a head start in terms of your injuries to make sure that we can troubleshoot it so it doesn't shut you down and stop you from dancing. That's the entire part. So get professional help, guys. Get someone, even if you just call a physical therapist, most dance physical therapists at this point in, in, in um, 2021, offer some sort of free consultation for 15 minutes. You can call them and get a little bit more information. Is this serious? Is this something I should get an x-ray, an MRI? What do I need to do? get an understanding of what your injury is so you know what to do. That's number one. The second thing that you want to do is identify the holes in your injury plan. And a lot of people think, well, if I rest, it's fine. I did PT, I'm fine. Well, it doesn't hurt anymore when I do this, so I must be better, right? You want to get the full scope of exactly what's going on so you know exactly what needs to do. And the only way that you can do that is to look at the entire 360 of your injury and see how it affects you and how your plan is not going to either help it or hurt it. Mm -hmm. So that can mean, guys, that you may need to modify in class while you're healing. It may mean that you may need to do rehearsals that take only 30 minutes versus 45 minutes. It means some sort of adjustment to the way that you are dancing and the way that you're training in order to make sure that you are healing correctly and on the track that is anticipated for your specific injury. Um, it may also mean that you may need to start doing cross training to supplement the strength deficits that you would be getting if you are not training at the intensity that you were before. So it's really important to get that 360 um, scope of exactly what you are missing. Look out for those holes. The third thing that you really want to do is talk with your dance team. And I am a big proponent of that. Everyone that's listening to this live and who will listen to this, I know you have a dance team. You have your teachers, you have your parents, you have your choreographers, your artistic directors, your dance friends, your dance family, your nutritionists, your physical therapists. All of these people are on your dance team. You want to make sure you're getting them involved so that you understand, again, that 360 view. How am I able to take care of this to make sure that I'm not missing holes in my rehab protocol? Okay, they can support you. You are at the center and they can support you in the way that they need to in order to make sure you are progressing on the right track. Okay, and the last thing that I would say is reassess often. Keep going back and saying, did I miss something? And this is something that we naturally do as dancers. You know, we work on a technique and then we come back the next day and we're like, well, can I do three turns today? Mm -hmm. We check often and often and often. You do the same thing with your injury. Does it still hurt when I do that jump? Does it still hurt when I do that grand bac mark, a la second, but not to the front? 
keep checking in with your body let your body tell you where it is and so that you can allow it to perform at the best possible way wow that was <laughs> helpful <laughs> that was so helpful and so clear it sounds like you're really promoting a bit of a injury awareness being yeah being really aware of what the injury is and not just mm -hmm. saying like you said oh pain's gone I must be better let me throw myself back into rehearsals but rather maybe it's feeling a little bit better let me still do these check-ins and reassess yes absolutely it's, it's so key guys and I'm a big proponent of dancers really understanding the process it's not enough at this stage and if you guys have been home in COVID 2021 we were all scrambling and we're like oh my god what are we gonna do how do we train no one had the answers we had to figure it out and think for ourselves and what i'm encouraging you guys to do is to start thinking objectively not only about your training but also about your injuries because those are the things that's going to actually stop you from training and stop you from performing so the same way that you're analytical about okay, I'm going to space out my nutrition on this time period, or this is how I'm going to train. I'm going to train Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, have a break on Thursday, half day on Friday. You have to have the exact same strategy with injuries. And it's, it's fearful to even talk about it. But the more that you get it out into the open, you'll see that, A, you're not alone, which is the biggest fear for dancers. I'm the only one that's injured. Believe me, guys, everybody's injured. They're just not talking about it. And number two, the more help that you can really get on the table to really problem solve and get a solution that works best for you. That's the entire plan. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, it's so funny because at the beginning of COVID, you heard a lot about dancers being nervous about not being in the studio. And one thing I always said was, we're all in the same boat in regards to this pandemic. But I have to say, it's very comforting to hear from you about the injury process as well, because a lot of dancers will feel really anxious about the idea of themselves sitting out and another dancer continuing to dance and getting ahead. But the truth is, if you don't have that awareness, that injury awareness, you need to have confidence in, in your plan and in your injury recovery plan, which is so Yeah, important. absolutely, guys. It's, it's, about, it's about longevity. We yeah. want, there's no dancer that wants to dance for 10 years and then become an accountant. It <laughs> never happens. It never happens. We want you to dance forever. <laughs> so if you don't have your body, there isn't any dance, right? And there are way too many dance professionals. And, and we all anecdotally know this. There's so many dance professionals that have left the dance world and gone into other professions because they were injured and they didn't take care of it. We all know at least one person. Like, like that's a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. So guys, it's about longevity in your career. It's about facing the things that are uncomfortable, getting super comfortable and super skilled at it. Just like you can nail that triple turn, you gotta get super skilled at reading your body and doing exactly what it needs so it can do the things you want it to do forever. So that's the goal. Sure. Well, whether it's pre or post injury, when is the ideal time for a dancer to consult with someone like a PT? Um, I would say it depends on what's going on. I think dancers are generally savvy about their bodies um, in terms of I need this, I need that. I think the thing that really holds dancers back from really seeking um, professional advice is the fear and the judgment of what's going to happen around them. You know, I don't want to sit out because I don't want Sarah to take my place. 
I don't want to not do this comrade because I don't want Mrs. Costner to tell me that I'm being lazy. It's a lot of fear that's really in our environments, unfortunately, in the dance world that doesn't allow dancers a space to really use their voice to express what they need. So in terms of an injury, guys, you can always, again, there's so many resources out there. Instagram and, and the internet has made it super accessible for you to really be able to connect with, with physical therapists or dance professionals. Ask a question, slide into somebody's DM and say, hey, I noticed this. What do you think? If you need something more formal, schedule again a free consult. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't matter when the time is. It's a matter of, I want you to reach out. Work through that prayer and be like, I don't know you from Adam. I'm not going to judge you. Nobody wants to judge you. We all want to help you and make sure that you're dancing well. So just reach out to the next physical therapist, myself or anyone else that you'd like to talk to and just have a conversation. Whether you're pre-injury or post-injury, we can help you. I guarantee you. Oh, such a great point. And I even know that know with nutrition, if someone reaches out to me, even if I'm not responding to them directly, I'll let them know, hey, this is a great question. I'm actually going to address this in a blog post next week. Stay tuned. So yeah. I agree with you. I think social media, one thing that social media does a fabulous job with is getting the information out there mm -hmm. um, at more of an economical cost too. And yes. then for dancers who feel like need to take that step, that next step, you know, connecting with a professional like yourself is definitely so important. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And and that that that's the beauty of social media. It's it's made it very clear that you're not alone. Yeah. You are not alone. Everybody had COVID brain, everybody was going crazy, everybody wanted to dance more, everybody had at least one injury that came back. You're not alone. You're not alone. So yeah. please reach out if, if, if you get nothing from this line today, please reach out, like reach out to someone. We want, we are waiting for you to show up so that we can help you. So sure. raise your hand and, and we'll talk. And, and the access to virtual help as well. You know, you might be located in DC, but working virtually with someone across the globe is ever so possible now. Absolutely. It's, it's such, it's such. It's such an amazing time to be a dancer. I look at my young dancers. I know I look young guys, but I'm not very young. Um, <laughs> and I'm so jealous that you, you guys have so many things. And I know sometimes that abundance of tools and resources can turn into confusion, but the options you guys have for success are limitless. You know, I work with dancers in London. I work with dancers in the Caribbean. I work with dancers who are on vacation and going away. I work with professional dancers. They're not here. There are options for you guys. You can be helped. You have a hip flexor strain. You have a rotator cuff tear. You have an issue with a funky ankle. I can help you virtually. There's magic that's not just with touching someone. So definitely, please, please, please feel free to reach out. So, you know, for the dancers who are watching right now who are considering or have been told that they should sit out just to give their injury some time, for recovery in that sense. What is your advice to them if they're really anxious about the idea of sitting out? Uh, I am going to assume with that question that the, the advice to sit out comes from a physical therapist. Mm -hmm. um, if it's from a teacher, I think there's conversation that needs to be had about what exactly sitting out means um, mm -hmm. so that you know exactly what is expected. And also it gives you more information about what you can do if you are sitting out. 
So when we, when from a medical standpoint, when we ask you to sit on it, it's because your injury will be harmed by you actually dancing. It will be made worse. It will either increase your injury, it will worsen your injury or graduate to a new injury that you may possibly need more medical care or surgery. And no dancer wants to have surgery. There are very few times we'll ask you to sit out. For myself personally, I'll probably ask you to modify first. There's so many different ways that you can work around an injury and keep dancing. And it's only unless it's super critical that I would ask you to sit out. One thing that you said that I found really important for dancers to realize is that it depends who's telling you to take time off. If it's a teacher or is it, again, a licensed professional like a PT, because those two things can mean very different things. And someone like a licensed professional, a PT, can perhaps have a better plan for you of what taking time off actually means. Absolutely. So with teachers, and this is not to bash teachers, I think this is teacher appreciation week. So we love our teachers. Our sure. teachers are amazing. They do amazing things. We, we love them. However, with that said, I will say that teachers typically don't have a lot of medical background when it comes to injuries. Some teachers are amazing and because of their, like, their personal experiences or if they've done other didactic training in terms of injuries or knowing about the bodies, they can spot things. But the majority of teachers are not trained that way. So usually when teachers tell you to sit out, it's because they don't have another solution. Not that there is not another solution. And that's where dancers can get stuck. So that's why I think it's really important for dancers to make sure you speak to a professional because there are other options that may be on the table for you to participate that protects your injury and make sure that you can still keep training. Again, we wanna keep you moving. We wanna keep you dancing. That's the entire goal. So when it really comes to figuring out, you know, like how would you really um, start getting into moving forward with that in terms of taking time off, you really want to consider a couple of different things. As I said before, you want to focus on your long-term goals. A lot of times when you, when you sit out, people get really anxious and really frustrated with the fact that there's something that's coming up soon that um, they are sitting out from. When you look at the research that's out there, guys, there are two times that dancers usually start getting injured. Right as the semester starts because you've been hanging out, been on the beach, hanging out with your friends, and then you jump back into class and you're working and you're working and you're working and three weeks in, all of a sudden, everything hurts right? That's set number one. And then set number two that happens is that if you've been training consistently throughout the semester, nutcrackers coming up, you're going rehearsal, 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 and then bam, that one thing happens. So it usually happens at really critical timing. Injuries never come at a good time. So it's easy to sit in the idea of, oh my God, I'm so frustrated. I really want to keep punching forward. This is a time to redirect your mind, guys. Focus on your long-term goals. Where do you want to be in a year, five years? And sometimes five years may seem inaccessible, but for a young dancer, this is the building blocks of your career. It's really important for you to start understanding how you're going to start really building the momentum that you need to get into the professional setting. This is the time to do it. By focusing on your long-term goals, what it does is starts redirecting you to the importance of taking care of this injury the right way. And I think that's really important. Lots of dancers fudge injuries, meaning it doesn't hurt that much. I'm fine. <laughs> I could jump on it. 
we've all done it, myself included. So I know, I, I know, I know this happens, right? You know, so we fudge injuries, but you're really doing yourself a disservice because five years later, 10 years later, when you're in your professional career, that injury will come back. The body remembers and the body has a great memory, okay? So a lot of times when I see older dancers past 21, a lot of the reasons why they are having chronic injuries at that point is because they never addressed the right injury in the first place. So do it right the first time. If you've ever had a teacher like mine who like, do it right the first time, this applies completely to injuries. You really take care of it the first time by really focusing on your long-term goals. The other thing that I'd like you to really focus on in terms of sitting out is understanding the healing process. Dancers and patients in general get really frustrated when they don't understand the process, when they want to go and we're telling you to stop. And if you understand why we're telling you to stop and you understand that stopping is temporary to get to the goal, then it makes it a lot more easy to digest. And also it refocuses you on the things that you can be working on in the meantime in order to make sure that when you're ready to go, you are going, all right? And then also I would really focus on the things that is um, and this time to really start boosting your confidence and skills in other areas, okay? We need to recognize as dancers that your talent and your skill and the way that you present yourself is multifaceted. It's not just about that one triple turn, okay? Mm -hmm. If you want to be an amazing dancer, an amazing performer, amazing artist, it means that there are other things that you have to develop at different times. Take this time away from your technical training, which is not everything, we know this, and start working on your cardiovascular fitness. Start working on your nutrition. Now that you have this quiet time, start working on your connections. Start working on your ability to retain choreography. Here's a thing that I would do when I was a young dancer, when I sat down, which was pretty often because I was lazy, but that was a whole other conversation. But, but if I would sit in class, I was amazing at memory. So I remember choreography from 10 years old. That's how good my memory is. And I would memorize every single person's choreography. And because I picked things up very quickly, I would get bored and sit, right? But that was my skill as a dancer. I, I had amazing body memory and retention of placing and timing. I was always the one who knew what time to come in on the music. That, that, I was that chick, okay? So this is a time that you can really start focusing on other skills that you're not good at. If you get yelled at in class with the same thing over, over and over again, as you're sitting out, you can start working on that skill and really boosting that, okay? Learning and watching how people move is an amazing tool in itself because you're now understanding how people move, but more importantly, how you can get that information in your own body. There's a reason why they say, look at us. There's a reason why we have mirrors in the classroom. So guys, really try to redirect a little bit in terms of getting more skilled in areas that you would not have been skilled in before. Understand the healing process a little bit more. And of course, focus on your long-term goals to keep you sane and focus on where you should be going. Totally. Wow. So, such a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> so let's shift gears a little bit. Talk about prevention. I'm most curious to hear your thoughts on the role of cross-training and conditioning in regards to how that can benefit a dancer with intervention. Ooh, we can talk all day. I will make this short. So Here's my thing. The dance world has this notion that if you do something other than dance, 
that you will not have the body of a dancer. Okay. Um, we also have the notions that if you do weight training, anything with weights, oh my God, you're going to get bulky. Your body's going to change. We don't want you to do that. And the one thing that teachers consistently say over time, if you want to get better, do more class. We've all heard that before. Okay. The sports world has already figured this out, guys. And the research has really backed this up time and time and time and time again. When you are learning a skill or a technique, what we call technique in the dance world, when you're learning a skill, the ability for you to perform that skill over time is bolstered by and supported by your base level of fitness. Fitness is what your cardiovascular system is doing. How out of breath do you get when you keep doing jumps? Or how strong your muscles are or how flexible you are? which is everything that we look at in terms of physical therapists. When you go to a physical therapist, they're going to see how flexible your arm moves or your legs move. They're going to see how strong your muscles are. And then they're going to put all of those individual pieces together to make sure to see how you are able to perform in your functional activities, which for you guys is dance. All of those base things are the building blocks of how you perform. And dance is consistently under train in terms of their physical fitness. The fact of the matter is in the dance world, we train for technique. When you go to class and you do your plies, you do your releves, your tolleves, all of this fun stuff, you are training muscle memory, how to perform a, mo a motion or an action or a movement. You are not training for endurance. You are not training for strength. So for example, if you do classes three times a week, if you got a performing gig right now that, that requires you to perform four nights a week, for 12 weeks, you will not make it because you do not have the strength to do that same activity over and over again. If you don't believe me, give yourself this little test, okay? I want you to do a demi-plie and a releve and hold it for five counts. I want you to do it one time. Then I want you to do that same combination, demi-plie, releve, and do it 50 times. Mm you will not get to 50. Repetition over time is a base level of fitness. And what, what classes consistently do not um, prepare us for is that repetition over time when it comes to performance level or high intensity rehearsals, auditions, that sort of stuff. That's why dancers get injured. So honestly, if we were able to just increase, and I feel very passionately about this, as you can tell, if we were able to increase our base level fitness by just 20%, I think that it would decrease the amount of injuries that we would have by at least 30%. And when you look at the research, a small increase in our baseline fitness goes a very long way. You have a very dramatic change. If you were to graph that onto a graph chart, a very dramatic change in injury incidents. The same thing can happen for us. It happens in the sports world, guys. And I know we are like, oh, we're not an athlete. Yes, you are. Yeah. You are an athlete. Get over it. You're an amazingly beautiful, different athlete than the rest of them. But yes, you are. So the sports world has already figured this out, guys. We just need to really adopt this as a factor into our training. You need nutrition. You need counseling. You need technique training. You need flexibility. You need strength you need fitness in terms of cross-training. This is now a fact. So that's my explanation for that. Absolutely. Tell me about, in regards to prevention and cross-training, do you recommend that dancers work with a PT like yourself 
for the purpose of prevention in addition to recovery. I think that a lot of dancers might feel when they when they are injured, they need to seek a PT. But what, what about before the injury? What about for prevention? PTs and, and dance physical therapists do extensive work in injury prevention before you get injured. We do this so many different ways. Um, personally, I do this in the, in the form of screens. We do point assessments. Are you ready to get up onto point if you are on that point range in terms of making sure that you are safe for point? That looks at flexibility, strength, your baseline technique, and other factors to make sure that you're safe going up onto the tops of your toes. Your technique, as you know, must be sound in order to be in that position. Your strength must be sound in terms of your ankles and your core and your hips. So we look at that before you get there. There are also other screens that dance physical therapists would do where we can do um, a general screen at the beginning of a semester where we look at your baseline level fitness. Again, strength, flexibility, cardiovascular endurance, really screening for any nutritional issues that we may need to refer to a nutritionist from or screening for any um, mental health issues, which is now a really big thing in terms of COVID, screening for those things to make sure that we, we refer out, but making sure we're catching the things before you start your training. We do this all the time, guys. So I would say, get with a physical therapist. This allows you to really access all of the information that you need before you get to the injury. Again, we wanna keep you dancing. We don't want to treat you. We love you. We love hanging out with you. We don't want to see you in the clinic. We want to see you on the stage. So the goal is to really connect with a dance physical therapist like myself and so many others out there that are able to give you tools, screening tools before and give you information necessary in order to course correct before something happens. Um, one thing that I do want to add, because again, COVID has presented a really unique opportunity for a lot of people to work virtually. And if you are really interested in finding out, well, what are my weaknesses? What are the things that are really difficult for me to um, figure out myself that I need professional eyes on? And you cannot get to a dance physical therapist. You can actually get screened online. I'm part of um, a group of amazing physical therapists we call the Dance Ready Project. And we have, cre we have created a Dance Ready screen where you can, in 20 minutes, 20 minutes, guys, get an assessment online. You do it at home on your own. In 72 hours, you're able to get those results and get very clear indications of A, where you are, and B, the things that you need to do to move forward, which a lot of screens, sometimes the screens are for us and not for you guys. This is a screen for you. So there are options out there, guys, for you. That's that is incredible. You know, one thing, if there's anything a dancer should walk away from this live, honestly, it's realizing that they should build themselves a team, an interdisciplinary team, for the purpose of the sustainability of their career. And I think what you're talking about with the Dance Ready Project, this is really one of the original reasons why I reached out to you is because to me, that is the most incredible resource to kickstart what I'm actually talking about, a, a screen for a dancer to take with them and say, okay, well, this these are the areas I now need to take the time to strengthen in order to prevent the possibility of an injury, which like you said, post COVID and at during summer intensive season more than ever, yeah. a dancer is at a major risk. Absolutely, guys, we have been sedentary for a long time. Not just dancers, the whole world, but 
again, we're talking about you guys. If you have gone from right now, I will say if you have been not back into your studio 100% or if you have been in a hybrid situation where you're doing some classes online, still at home and some classes in person, I guarantee you, you are what we call deconditioned and you're not at your optimal fitness. And if that's the case, there is a good chance the less fit that you are, you have a wider door and opportunity for injuries to happen. We want to prevent that. We've seen some crazy things that have popped up since last year. And the goal of creating the screen was really to make sure that you had something that's accessible. It's online. You can do it in the, in the privacy of your home. You don't need a professional. It's directly designed for you to do on your own and get results quickly so you know exactly what you need to do. So if you start feeling like you do some jumps and like some of my dancers that come in, I did a jump and my knee did a little wobble. You know, it started to wave at me. Okay, that's step one before the next thing is that you sprain something. Sprain your knee, strain something, and then you can't jump. We don't want that. So catch it before it comes. Get the information that you need so you can return to the studio in a much better position than when you left. Yeah, this is great. So is this essentially what you would recommend for a dancer who now needs to prepare themselves for the challenges of getting back into the studio post-COVID? Absolutely. Two steps that you want to do. You want to say, you, you have two questions that need answering. Where am I right now? And what do I need to get to where I want to go? Okay. Where am I right now? Get a screen. Okay. That tells you all of the information that you need in, in order to now start figuring out what do I need to do to get there. And in terms of what you need to get there, we have, of course, created solutions for that. So with this dance screen, you're going to get very clear indications of you need to work on X, Y, Z, A, B, C. And it's great to get that information, but how? How is that actually being performed? We have programs that you can access right now and start getting stronger. One of the programs is my program called Dance Bridge Online. It's an online cross training program specific for dancers in the comfort of your home. 30-minute workouts, I'm not, I'm not trying to keep you there all day, 30-minute workouts, five days a week for six weeks with periodic one-on-one -on -one assessments with me to make sure that you are on track. It is the best way that you can start incorporating cross-training into your schedule if you are already dancing. You have half an hour within a day to do some working out, okay? So this is a really great way to really get a concentrated and formatted style of cross training into your program. And if you want to do a little bit less, something that's less intense, if you want more eyes on you and you like a class setting, we also have the Dance Ready Conditioning Program where we've gotten together amazing names in the dance world and put it together in an online format. The next one starts June 12th, I believe. And we have amazing teachers that are going to come in and actually do instructions with you. So if you don't have um any training programs that you're going to or any intensives this is a great way over a three-week um program to really start getting into the details of like oh i feel my core now i understand what my teacher is telling me when they say pull up from here or oh, now that makes sense because in a lot of times guys we're playing catch up in class this is a fact either because you haven't been in class specifically now because of covid or if you've been injured, class moves on and you're not with it if you were injured or if you are not performing at the level of everyone else. This is a way that you catch up. 
safely. Okay. Sure. Yeah, dancers, you, I mean, this is just a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of resources that are available, especially for any of you who are not going to intensives. I know there's a ton of dancers not going to intensives this summer. And I know that in of itself is a bit of an anxiety point for a lot of dancers, but there are so many incredible online programs, such as what Danelle is describing that you can take advantage of now. So that's really incredible. Danelle, thank you. And also your dance ready project, which you described, I encourage any dancer, I'm going to link to it in the um, comments of this live. But Danelle, you also have a podcast. Why don't you tell us about that? Ooh, my podcast. Okay, guys. So I have this, pod this podcast called Dancing Around Elephants. Within a week or two, I'm going to be launching the third season. Dancing Around Elephants is a podcast that talks about the elephants in the room, which is dance injuries, which, as you can tell, Danelle is very passionate about. And the reason why I decided to start this podcast is because I wanted to do two things. I wanted to interview people that I'd long admired in the dance world, but also I wanted to show dancers out there that there is a path past injuries. And I think I felt that there was this overwhelming... Um, sadness and anxiety that dancers experience around dance injuries because they think that they're the only one and they think that no one else has had this and the fact of the matter is in the dance world we have an unfortunate culture of not talking about these things and this is something that needs to be talked about a lot more because this is the one thing that can end your career like that and we need to have more resources online and available for young dancers to understand that a there's a good chance that you may get injured but B, there's a path through it. Three, you have options. You have solutions. And this does not mean the end of your dance career. Because we approach dance injuries with such, with such a timid nature and with such fear that it, it really disempowers us from really stepping into a moment where you can learn so much about your body and really improve your dance career. It has, I have interviewed some amazing, amazing dancers. They've made it to Broadway. They've won Tony Awards. These are amazing people, guys. And they all had injuries and they all feel open to share about working through injuries, not being able to walk for three months and having to work past that. There's some amazing, amazing interviews on this, on this podcast. So I strongly advise you, check it out, Dancing Around um, Elephants. Um, this season, I will say that we're taking a little bit of a departure, which is season three, and we're going to start talking about all of the elephants in the room because COVID has unmasked so many different things in a dance world that we really need to talk about. Um, everything from mental health, which is huge, mental health stuff, um, nutrition biases, um, um, things in terms of equity for dancers, equity in pay, um, racial disparities in dance. There's so many elephants that we do not talk about. So dance is a beautiful, wonderful art form, but we need to do our part to make it better. And this is my attempt to do so. So check it out, guys. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I mean, there's so much conversation that is starting to happen, but needs to continue to happen. And the one thing we don't want to see is the cyclical pattern. We want to keep the momentum going and keeping these conversations alive so that the future generations of dance can move past, you know, the oppression and the, like, the, the difficulties that the dance culture has created in regards to not speaking out or being fearful of speaking against maybe, um, 
teachers or directors who might be in more power than a dancer. So it is so important that we have these conversations. So thank you for bringing that to the table. Of course, now, of course. Any, any last bits of advice that you want to share with dancers who might be listening, whether that is about injury or injury prevention or about, you know, speaking out if they have an injury, anything you can leave us with? Man, there's so many things. I think I will share that, that if, if there's one thing I want you guys to take away from this live, and I think Rachel is doing an amazing job of keeping the conversation going. Guys, your voice is so, 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 so important. All right. And a lot of times we feel that we need to have a title or we need to have a post or a position in order to use your voice. Um, and that if it's not public, you know, if you're not public speaking like myself and Rachel are doing that, it's not important. And that's entirely not true. Your voice in private in public is equally important. The things that you have to say is important. And I really encourage you guys to start using your voice to empower your dance career. There are way too many dancers that are silent. Like we're all thinking the same things, but no one is talking. And the more people that talk and question things, the right things in the right ways, of course, I'm not asking you to be crazy and disrespectful and, and like a crazy person, but I'm saying there are times way more often there are times and not that we should say something and we don't. If you see something that it really concerns you, Bring it up with your friends, bring it up with your teachers, create the environment that you want to have in terms of collaboration and really getting that ability to talk about difficult things because that's how we move our art form forward. And if you love it as much as I do, you can see things right now and you're experiencing things right now that you think can be better and it starts with you. So that's what I would share. Absolutely. And just for any dancer listening, even if you feel like you go to a small school, start there. You don't have to you don't have to move the industry right now. Just move your school, move your class, start small. There's, in regards to changing that culture and like you said, Danelle, empowering. Just in, I'm, I, have a, I do a huge amount of work in regards to just showing dancers that they can empower other dancers because I think that's so important. So important. Yeah, it is, absolutely. Where can dancers find you? You guys can find me on Instagram. That's where I live for most of the time if I'm not sleeping or being <laughs> harassed by my cats. Clearly, they're not out today. Um, but Instagram is a great way for you to connect with me. I'm a little bit less on Facebook. You can find me there also, Performance Plus Physical Therapy. Um, you can connect with me in a couple of different ways. Um, email also, info at 3ptdc.com if you want to shoot me an email. Um, and please follow all of the amazing things um, that you know, that I'm, I'm just so happy to be a part of Dance Ready Project is one of them. Um, of course, my, my Instagram, 3PTDC, um, and also the Black Female Foundation, something we didn't get a chance to talk about, but definitely all really amazing passion products that I'm, I'm really excited about. But shoot me a DM, we'll talk. As you can tell, I like to talk, so I'm happy to chat with you guys um, about anything that you may have questions about. Yeah, yeah, I just want to say for all the dancers listening, Danelle has so many resources available to you and you can check them out. Visit her Instagram, check it out through her website. She empowers minorities, she empowers dancers. Literally, you're working with so many different populations and it is, it's incredibly inspiring. So thank you. Thank you for being such an incredible and insightful resource to so many out there. It's been such an honor to chat with you. Thank you, Rachel. You're the best. And this, guys, 
Rachel is starting a movement. Hop on it. Like, get involved. Like, we are having conversations, but you can have conversations too. And I think what she said is so valuable in terms of just start small. Start talking with your friends about these things because we are having these conversations so you guys can have conversations and start planting the seeds of change that we want to see in a dance world. And there's so much work to do. We know that there's so much work to do. So we want to get you guys involved. So I love, love what you're doing, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me.